Älskar du den här podden? Stötta den genom IKAs nya supporterfunktion. Det är helt upp till dig hur mycket du vill bidra med och det finns ingen bindningstid. Klicka på länken i poddbeskrivningen för att visa din uppskattning och stötta podden. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else. Including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Vi kan ta det här på svenska faktiskt, till att börja med. Vi kommer köra den här podcasten på svenska, tänkte jag säga. Nej, vi kommer köra på engelska. För att vi har två jättespeciella gäster med oss. Vi har Stuart Bryant och Kelsey Rowling med oss. Och därför ska vi köra det här på engelska. Så det kommer vara en första podcast på engelska. Och det kan låta jävligt vispigt, om det är så. Men, eller kvistigt kanske. Uh, ja, det är bara sit back and enjoy, I guess. Tror jag. Nej, det är så bra. I don't give a fuck. Fuck shit up! Uh, vi... Uh, oh, nej, vi kör. Jag ska bara rätta till och röva lite grann. Alltså. All right. Stuart Bryant and Kelsey Rowling. Uh, we got Erlis. We got Alexander Kvist. Whoop, 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 whoop. And uh, we got Magic Mike here, uh, who's not on the mic at the time. But he's going. I can say be... the resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Welcome to the On Roaders podcast. Good to be here. This is our 41st episode, I think. Isn't yep. it? Yep. It is. It is. It is. Um, so uh, let's just kick it off by, please, Stewie. Uh, introduce yourself. Uh, well, I'm an Australian that's come over to enjoy the the fine fruits of what the Swedish and Norwegian people have to offer. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been just in Australia for quite a while. while. Um, started going to Japan for a while, and then uh, branching out to Europe and uh, just enjoying, just going around, meeting a bunch of people. Um, And pretty much just seeing what kind of drift offers as far as, you know, just enjoyment. So, I mean, that's just that's pretty much what I'd do. <laughs> Seems like a perfect gig. Yeah. Uh, and what about you, Kelsey? Please introduce yourself. All right, I'm Kelsey Rowlings, and I am from Florida in the U.S. Um, Mickey Mouse is my neighbor. 
Wow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it gets kind of noisy sometimes, but no, um, yeah, no, I drive Formula Drift Pro 2. It's my first year in Formula Drift Pro 2. And um, I really just came over here on vacation, and Alex was nice enough to let me beat up on, I mean, drive his car. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm here to drive and have fun. It's kind of a driving field trip. Just All right. Getting some experience. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I think that you are our two first international guests. Is that right? At least, you know, it's, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, we, I, we I can think say we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you're the first. You're my first. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> so um, how's your day been? Uh, we've been out to Green Valley Track Resort. That's a dumb name. Um, Green Valley Track Resort. Uh, been watching Drift All-Stars. And Kelsey, you've been driving today. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, what happened? What happened to your day? To let's go over practice <laughs> from yesterday, maybe. Uh, you got in the car. You got. I I assume that you're jet lagged. Yeah, I, I I arrived Thursday and then got to immediately drive and practice Friday. Oh, yeah. Um, I normally drift a left-hand drive car in the U.S. Obviously, and Alex's car is right-hand drive, so that immediately was the first obstacle to overcome i guess you could say um you know we had a few issues with you know we moved the seat forward so i can reach the pedals and then we had to move it back because i was too close to the steering wheel and just little things here and there that we had to make a lot of adjustments and i'm used to a handbrake and a stock location on a left-hand drive car and then to go to a right-hand drive car and pull an upright handbrake with my left hand it everything was really weird so yeah, uh, yesterday was a lot of getting used to the car, and today I was trying to do more fine-tuning and drive a little more aggressively. Um, I never got completely comfortable in the car. Uh, fortunately, I was able to qualify today with a rough run, but it got us in the show, and I'm excited to do some more driving tomorrow and hopefully a little cleaner driving, better driving. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that... You're gonna do fine. Um, it's hard coming to a track that's so small and technical, especially when we run it the let's see, right the right way. way? It, it's actually the right way, but for us, for our drifters, it's the wrong way. Yeah, uh, I I'm not even gonna go into that. No, it's weird. <laughs> um, so, Stuart, what do you think? Have you been watching the driving today, or? Well, we we rocked up a little bit late because uh, <laughs> we, we may have had a few last night. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, by the time we got to the track, we didn't get to see a lot. Um, I think uh, I, I'm interested in the in the going to, you know, going from left hand to right hand. I mean, I'm having enough problems just driving a left hand drive car yeah. um, through, through Europe at the moment without even <laughs> drifting it. I've hit my hand quite a few times on the door trim. <laughs> Um, so I, I think probably over the next, uh, you know, two months while I'm here, I may have to jump in a left-hand drive car to, to drift as well. So oh. uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I can't imagine just, it's, it's so weird just having to use my right hand just to change gears for me. So are you used to like switching it up at home? You mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, just just throwing a, a stranger in every <laughs> yeah. now and then. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's a 
I, it, it'd be interesting to, to see how it goes because you know I I try to jump in as many different cars as possible, um, but I haven't. I've never really drifted a left hand drive car at all, so I'm really going to kind of give it a shot and see how it goes. Hmm, I thought you would have drifted more left hand cars, but now I think about it, no, because you no. live in Australia and then you go to Japan. And you were a Driftland. I was a Driftland, year, and, right? and, and and they're right-hand drive as well. Exactly. So yeah. it's 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 funny, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty keen to pretty keen to give it a shot. Um, and then even uh, I'm doing a, an event um, in Germany, uh, Rossbrenn. I'm probably saying that wrong, um, but I'm doing that just after Driftland. And I'm doing it in an R32 directly imported from Japan, so it's right-hand drive as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, it, uh, it's. I mean, it's. I guess that's the thing. It's a. Uh, uh, you, you try and drive as many different cars, but um, the BMW I drove last year was the first time I've really stepped away from Japanese cars at all. Oh, I mean, wow. I've thrown a few Australian cars around in my time. Unofficially, um, <laughs> uh, but but nothing really. You know, Japanese cars for for the most part is all I've really drifted. Um, you know, Toyotas, Nissans, different types. But yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I haven't haven't really touched the European cars at all. So you know, jumping to a to a left hand drive car is going to be uh, yeah quite interesting. I reckon you smashed a rear wind. What do you call a windshield? Yeah, rear window. I, I, to be fair, I mean that was uh, quite a light hit, so I'm not sure how that happened. But looks cool. To be fair, at that stage, I think we had in the region of 150 wall scrapes on on. Oh, that, that we <laughs> we were literally lap after lap scraping the wall because um, it, uh, the the Scottish people are uh, a different breed up there, and they're 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 amazing. They're just they. They just love, you know, they don't get too caught up in, in the glamour and stuff like that. They just love aggressive, entertaining driving. And for them, they were getting so stoked on, you know, the wall scrapes and stuff like that. I mean, uh, uh, you know, even for the the competition they had was that like had a mid-competition kind of thing was just a wall scrape competition and stuff like that. So oh, okay. that was actually when I did it. I, I broke the... I, I um, We... Uh, the day before, uh, me and uh, another guy had won a had won a like so these like little side competitions uh, for uh, team drift or tandem drift or whatever it was, and they they given us a trophy. And so on the uh, on the next day when they did another competition for wall scraping, uh, we decided we'd take the trophy to the to the <laughs> rear quarter of the car and and smash it on a, on a, on, a, on a wall scrape. Perfect. And and then a few laps later, uh, yeah, we smashed the window as well. I feel it was a fairly successful wall scrape competition, <laughs> personally. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about you, Kelsey? Have you uh, been smashing windscreens or, or, uh, <laughs> uh, or uh, anything else? I have not broken a rear windshield or any window or anything for that matter. I have nailed a few walls with the rear end of my car back home quite a bit. I mean... It's the U.S. We have a bunch of banked oval tracks, and it's only cool if you're scraping the wall. So uh, the rear end of my car has been smashed and pulled out and smashed and pulled out. And then finally this year, we chopped the whole rear end off and finally went tube frame and over fenders because, you know, it, it just got too much to just keep pulling yeah. it. The 
the metal was about to just fall apart the next time. Um, so yeah, I, I'm fairly familiar with wall scraping. Good. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I would just like to point out I have only broken one rear windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not a trend of things, but I, it's funny because I, I've actually seen uh, I've actually seen a lot of these. Like Japanese, like when we go to you know Japan with all the missiles and stuff like that, I've seen these quarters to the window bending the glass, and I've <laughs> never seen them. I've never seen one smash before. Yeah, that, so me neither. I think Chelsea. I think it was Chelsea was saying that it, it seems to be a BMW thing, or it might have been. I think it was Chelsea, but it might have been one of the the local guys or something like that. But that, one of them was saying that they've they've seen a few go on them. So this, it's a it, it's a thing, but. Uh, it's it's crazy, like especially with like the JZX and stuff like that. One big hit, and uh, and basically the whole rear end's gone, and it's just the window is the only thing left, basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Kelsey, could you uh, tell us about it? because I think that a lot of people don't know who you are in Europe. Uh, I did not know who you were before Orlando. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Orlando, FD Orlando. I did, I did not, I did not know who you were. So, tell us about just quick backstory, maybe how you got into this and and what you where you are today. Okay, well, I started drifting about seven years ago. Um, that was my first time in any sort of motorsport. I actually rode horses before that. Um, yeah, a jump. Which on is the... more dangerous, I might point yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, getting getting thrown off of a horse and hitting like a fence, it hurts a lot. Crashing in the car, it's not as bad actually. Okay. Um, I haven't flipped a car yet, so that's or yet a to horse. be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it happen though. Um, yeah, no. So I I kind of switched from the horses to drifting, and at first it was just all for fun. And when I started getting a little better and doing local competitions and then up to I my first competition was actually um XDC extreme drift circuit yeah, yeah. uh and that was my first real competition and I really enjoyed it I did all right uh but after that I was like oh this is awesome like I I love this just the environment everyone gets so rowdy and everyone's cheering it's exciting um so from there I started doing more pro-am licensing series and stuff like that so this year was the first year I actually got my Formula Drift license um, for Pro 2. And, you know, up until now, I've just been doing Pro-Am. So a lot of people don't know who I am just because it's been very, you know, the Southeast series or yeah, yeah. whatnot. Um, but, you know, that's part of the reason I decided to come over here, you know, a little more exposure, some experience, you know, driving right-hand drive. Like, I'm terrible at it so far. <laughs> But it's a really good experience, and I'm hoping that later down the line, if I get another opportunity to drive a right-hand drive car, I'll get in and automatically do a lot better. You know, um, I'm really interested in you know improving my driving and improving my skills now that I'm I'm kind of hooked. Drifting ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I think that uh, Alexander has a has a has a big heart for lending. His car out, his competition mm-hmm. car out. I know that you're building a new one, but still, you are d- to do competitions in Sweden and hopefully some other events as well. Lending your car out to someone who's never driven a right-hand drive, never been to Sweden at all, doesn't that feel a bit not confident? In, in, in like, like you know, this is 
it's not a one dollar car. No, it, but it's a car. It, you can fix it. So as long as the engine is <laughs> is in one piece, I'm happy. So the rest of it is just fiberglass and metal. So you can you can all fix a car. Yeah, I saw that, Kelsey, because I saw you run and the car looked fine. <laughs> the next time I saw it run. <laughs> There were some parts missing on it. Uh, so yeah, they've gone parts. to the drift gods, though. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but by the end of the day, I saw a standard-looking S14. Because in Sweden, we call like Alexander's car is the uh, Sweden's most drifting car. Because it looks like a Japanese-style type of car. Uh, in Sweden, it's not very common that you stick these huge canards and no. these, these yeah, it's not very common but you took it back to the roots <laughs> <laughs> with this car he came in and, is that a step no no that's Alexander's car and it's just missing everything I think that's probably the most Japanese style that you can get though because I think the Japanese generally they start with a clean car at the start of the event and they drive the panels off it yeah, yeah. and by the yeah. end you know if you look and it's. I think it's a big misconception. A lot of people kind of think, oh, you know, Japanese cars. They're so, you know, they're so clean all the time. And stuff like no, 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 <laughs> no. no they no, drive them. They drive them. They thrash the panels off them, and then by the end, they look like crap. But then they just fix them uh, yeah. after. And I think that's that's you know, if if it hasn't been you know, if the panels haven't been driven off. It probably hasn't been driven hard enough. Yeah, oh. and there is there's just a ton of stuff hanging off that car, <laughs> you know, yeah. with the you know the rear diffuser and the canards and the the, the wing and everything. It's just it was just all in the way, you know. Yeah. I just yeah. figured I'd do a favor reduction. and yeah. 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 done well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, and the worst you know? part about it was that it actually is several people have said to me that it looks better without the diffuser and the wing. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and oh. Yeah. so you you've so styled I, the car basically. I, yeah. I did you a favor. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. You all, Stu, you also said that. Um, if the car has all the panels and stuff left, it hasn't been driven hard enough. That's true. Looking your way, Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. been looking clean all season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. That, that That's not my style usually. Although I will say that the hood did fly up on yeah. one run, yeah. and that was not my bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was probably my bad. So <laughs> on the second qualifying run, right? Um, no, no. The second qualifying run, because the hood was broken before, it yeah. was kind of just zip tied together to get it back the on side there. Was like, yeah, one, no, one side was flapping, and yeah. I was really concerned during my qualifying lap that it was going to fly up again. I'm like, just finish the lap, <laughs> finish the lap, it'll be good. Transition the other way. Okay, the wind's not catching it this way. Okay, okay, go go the other way. It was it was interesting, but it didn't fly up again. Which that's the first time I've ever had a hood fly up on me. Yeah, take it or leave it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> And it was like pretty, pretty scary, <laughs> but <laughs> it was pretty scary in the moment because I hadn't had it happen before. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was fine. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> Better to do it at a small track like this or as our national champion did at about 200, about 120 uh, at, at a big straight. One, uh, 120 miles per hour, he did that. Yeah. Like. I, I've, I've had bonnet pins fail. So that, see, when it, if it's just if it's just like if it's loose or whatever like that, it'll probably go up at uh, you know probably about sixty to eighty hundred k an hour. But I had my bonnet pins fail on me, and so they didn't let go until I was doing about yeah probably the same one hundred and sixty hundred and seventy k an hour. 
<laughs> and uh, just on, as I went to enter, just as I went to flick in, <laughs> oh. just went straight up, and I was just like, oh, this is not this is not ideal. <laughs> this is not where I wanted to be. Isn't there a clip of you doing that? Oh, I'm sure there is. I, th- I, I'm sure I have a, a, a vague memory of, of a Stewie Bryant doing a reverse entry somewhere, and, and the hood just flaps up. It sounds and like And you something. don't need to look out the, the front windshield a- anyway. A- a- and, and the problem is, it's probably not the one I'm talking about. It's probably another time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that's the unfortunate part. I, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of videos of me of me doing things. Uh, you know, of doing stupid stupid shit. So it's uh, we've all been there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you are notorious for running a uh, a very clean mint condition R32. <laughs> um, the irony the irony was is I think a lot of people don't understand is so I that was my, that's my very first car I bought. So my literally saved up paper rounds money from when I was about 12 years old saved every penny to buy that car and I bought that I treasured it I did drift it and about six months before it started really getting ghetto I put in about 100 hours between me and my my dad restoring and painting that thing to be the cleanest car and I remember me and my dad looked at him and we said, we, we understand this is ultimately a drift car. I mean, it was a street car at the time. Okay. We said, we understand this will get dented. This will. Uh, and we looked at each other and said, yep. And, and about yeah, a few months later, I think I went through, um, went through some tires the first time. And I mean, you're talking about us like clean as like, you know, not a single dent in the thing. Oh, and we went through it and just like we knew it was going to happen, and <laughs> and then it got you know just got more and more dense, and it got to a point and and I think I was still driving on the street for a long time with dents and stuff in it, and it finally got to a point where it was track and uh, um it was it was yeah it was kind of hard because back then there was no support for for those cars like you know cars with dents and stuff like that there was like the drift pigs with like the fiberglass you know, stuff with uh, fiberglass bars with, you know, cable tires and yeah, people yeah. would deliberately do all that. But there was no there's no room for scrappy looking kind of stock cars. That was just uh looked down upon and all that stuff like that. So um but, you know, that was my clean car. That was was a very clean looking car. And it was a simple case of I was a full time student at the time and my money and my time could only go so far. Mm-hmm. And it was either track time where it was fixing the panels and <laughs> you it got was a prioritize it was a pretty clear decision for me i mean i was, I was just i was in as as most people i was enjoying drift so much at the time it was like i could only put in so much time and effort into that car and keeping it reliable keeping it kind of running um i was you know trying to develop the suspension at the time because when i was first going out i mean i was driving that thing with stock viscous lsd you know, basic springs, just springs in there, had no modifications whatsoever. So my money was kind of developing the suspension. I didn't really develop power at all for a long time. And it was just like, for me, it was just like, you know, I guess if, if you have the money straight away, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't, but if you got the money straight away, it's, it becomes a simple decision. Oh, I'll just put all the modifications in it. Yeah. But for me, it was like, yeah. Okay. So, it, you know, I would have liked to keep it clean, but, it was, you know... You, it just you know that's just the way it became, and it was unpopular decision. I, ca- I copped a lot of grief for it, and uh, 
And, uh, you know, it's funny when people kind of accuse me of being on the missile car trend. It's like, yeah, yeah that was not a trend then. <laughs> that was, uh, that was, you get a lot of shit for that yeah, and yeah, get yeah. told you're a bad driver, get told you're ruining the sport. Well, I still get told I'm ruining the sport. But that, that was, it was a lot different, a lot more different back then. And it was just, for me, it was just, it was, I enjoyed it. I, I really en- enjoyed what I was doing. And I've always had kind of this theory where, um, if you're if you've got somebody that's that's uh, that is telling you you know if if they're being a dickhead to you and they're you know um, they're saying you know like uh, I get a lot with with uh, a lot of new drivers and they're scared to go out on track because um, they're like oh what about all the people on the sideline they're gonna you know they're gonna um, you know say this and they, I said yeah but if, if they're enough of a dickhead. To be giving you shit for going there and having to go, then what they say doesn't mean anything. No, that their opinion they've they've instantly they've instantly just made their opinion redundant. You know what I mean? Like because if they're that much of a dickhead, their opinion it's it's irrelevant. And so for me, what it was is if if people were going to give me shit about my car and it looking scrappy and stuff like that, and I truly liked what I was doing and I was re- really enjoyed what I was doing. And they'll give me shit about it. Eh, it didn't really matter what they meant, said. And, and that's not to say when people always say, "Oh, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks." It, you know, that's that's not true. I mean, you, you do care what your close friends think. You do care what you know certain people think. Um, but you pick and choose because the dickheads out there that are going to be giving you shit about the car you drive or how you drive or anything that doesn't affect them directly. If they're going to be giving you shit about that, you know what? They probably they don't they don't deserve the respect of of, of their opinion mattering. So it's just you know you kind of you you, you don't think about it. No, so simple as that. So I um I would love to see a picture of your car when it was done, when you painted it and you restored it. Yeah, because I've never seen anything else than a shriveled up paper R thirty two. Yeah, that's pretty much what it looks well, like. That's a shriveled up paper. Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it's it, done. It was actually a really clean streak, really nice. I, I, I'll actually show you a photo later. But um, cool. Uh, yeah, it's um, uh, the, the other, the other funny part about it is it genuinely sp- like talking about the chassis rail and talking about its corners and everything like that. It's probably one of the cleaner drift cars out there, hundred percent. Its <laughs> chassis rail is. We had to um go through because we uh um. We had to go through and uh, do some adjustment with um, suspension and stuff like that. So we had to go through and check all the rails and, and everything like that. And we went through and it's all within uh, all within spec. Everything from a factory from factory spec. Wow. Um, the corners, so, you know, like right if you open the boot, all the lines on the on the corners are still completely intact. Finding drift cars with that intact these days, it's bloody hard. <laughs> so that car, like it looks what it, what it looks like. It's actually quite a clean chassis it's it's literally 100 percent cosmetic damage to that car nothing more that's perfect that's perfect. It's never really taken a big hit that's the other thing i mean it's it's seen some big things but it's never really had a, a huge hit my my well battle laurel or we call it tetanus express um because <laughs> it's a, it is a crumble can yeah that that's screwed up that's um that's that's hammered but okay. the 32 is quite it's actually quite a straight car huh? all right yeah um kelsey how how are you uh, like progressing now uh, in your? Because I I feel that we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum here. Because Stewie has this 
fuck you, I drive what I want, I do what I want, I do not care for competitions or what people think, I don't want the media. I, that's what I, I get from, from Stewie. From you, I get this feeling that you really want to do this, like professionally, or, or you at least want to prove yourself. By getting into Pro 2, I mean, uh, you have this ambition at least that you want to do this. Yeah, I've always been a competitive person. You know, I've been riding, like I said, I've been riding horses since I was seven. And I ran track before that. I ran, I did swim team. I've always been in competitions. Loved beating people. Yeah, I mean, it's not even so much that. It's just proving to myself mm -hmm. that I can, you know, develop a skill and, you know, really trying to think of the word for it but but really like fuck shit up yeah yeah you know just just be awesome like i don't know like i there's something about when i start something i like to be good at it i don't like to start something and do it like half-assed mm -hmm. like if i'm gonna do it i want to go as far as i can and do as well as i can you know like i was telling him when i was qualifying today even though i qualified if i was over in my car like the run that I did would not have been acceptable for me. Like okay. for me personally, I just like watching the run. I'm like, man, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's the best I could do in the circumstances mm -hmm. that I had. Um, but you know, part of the reason I'm here is getting the opportunity to improve my skills and improve my driving. Like I want to be the best I can be. And what better way than to put yourself in competition with other people where you have to learn about their driving and really push your skills to match theirs or even better theirs. Like, it all improves you as a driver. Mm -hmm. So I just want to be good. <laughs> I want to do real good. <laughs> do, you, do you take a lot of shit for it, for being a girl who's entering Pro 2? Or, or XDC well, or anything else? Well, for... Going into Formula Drift, everyone's been really supportive. Everyone is really happy that there's, you know, a girl again. There hasn't been a girl in Formula Drift since like 2006, I think. Um, and so everyone's really happy that there is a female figure in the drifting in U.S. again. Well, except Chelsea Denofa when he <laughs> I mean, everyone just, oh, there's a girl. No, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has a beard. What um, the fuck? <laughs> it's not a very pretty girl. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... What, going off what kind of what he was saying earlier um, about you know people talking shit basically when I first started I I did get a lot of shit you know people would yell at me as I'm coming off the track because I did terrible when I first started they would be like oh get back in the kitchen make me a sandwich like really <laughs> sexist things and you know part of it was joking but you know when I'm going out there and really trying my hardest to learn the sport, those comments really they sting a little bit yeah. because yeah, I mean, you're pretty vulnerable when you're kind of out there, you know, trying to learn and it's you know, like those first few times you kind of go out and stuff like that, like it's that's pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it, and people were very brutal, probably more hard on me because I was a girl, you know, and I didn't belong. Um, I so I kind of took that as even more of a challenge. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong, and I'm going to be better than you. Oh. So now it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you want to talk shit? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Have at it. Yeah. All right. Um, so if you are doing Pro 2 now, you've done Orlando. Mm -hmm. uh, next is Evergreen, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, tell me about uh, the uh, 
pre-event stuff that you do, like your car in in the US is a S14 chassis with the mm-hmm. V8? No. <laughs> no way, I'm a purist. Um I have a, a Mazworks SR22. Of course you are. Yeah. Um I saw you in in um I think that uh your car is pink. Yes. Is it? Bright pink. Yeah. And I was thinking, all right, it's an S14, it's going to be a V8. Yeah, you know, I guess that's fine. But then I saw you and I heard it and I was like, wow. That's that's really interesting because you want to make this as easy for yourself as possible. And of course that's doing a V8. Really. According but it was, to some people. Yeah, yeah, according to some. But but it is easier to drive a V8 car. But going to a small turbo four cylinder engine and starting this, I assume that it has to be it has to be with money. That it's it's maybe I don't know if in the US here it's 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 a lot cheaper to build an SR20 than it is to buy a fucking V8. But it's expensive as shit here. Yeah. But in your country maybe that's not the case. So why um, why just stick with the the SR20? Now we're moving up in power and and, and everything. Why would you go why you go with the SR20? Well, um I've had this same motor for about 5 or 6 years and we've just been rebuilding it rebuilding it and every time we rebuild it we rebuild it stronger um at the beginning of last year is when uh it, i was more serious about pro-am and i really wanted to get my license uh last january um so i did two pro-am series within a year but Mazworks came on board at the beginning of last year and they saw what i was doing they liked what i was doing and they wanted to get on board so they actually helped me out a lot and that's when, you know, the SR22 came about, you know, it's bored and sleeved and all that can make more power. Um, but basically, like, I've always been a fan of the smaller turbo motors. Like, a V8 does not suit my driving style. Like, I I like, there's something about it being a small turbo car and just the way it feels. Uh, it, it, I like it better than a V8. I've driven some V8 cars before, and I didn't like it as much. Um, they just seem so heavy and bulky to me. I don't know if okay. that makes sense, but just as a as a style and as how they react when you press the throttle, mm-hmm. um, you know they're they're torquey definitely. But there's something about a turbo and and just the ramping up of the turbo and the V8s are boring, is what she's saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't want to yeah. come out and say it, but yeah, like yeah. It, it, the turbo cars are are really exciting, and I really like the motor. And with Mazworks on board. I, we can make this SR just as competitive as the V8s are. Yeah, I mean, look at Dave Briggs. I, I mean, is he running 900 horsepower now with NOS, I think? Uh, at, at least 800. Around. Yeah, 800. at least 800. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. And, and now they're working on uh, anti-lag for his motor and really yeah. making that work. Um, so really, they're they're really just testing out everything on his car, and then they're going to give it to me. You know? <laughs> 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 um, no, but I, I really like the SRs, and I like keeping it pure. My dad is like muscle car guy like okay. he loves ls motors he wants me to go ls but i've just been telling him nope i i don't want to <laughs> not gonna fucking happen yeah. all right so so tell us about your orlando event uh, so, from from maybe qualifying start there okay um well i qualified on my third lap of the day wow. um yeah my after my first lap i actually broke a rocker arm and we had to pull off the track Pull the valve cover. Uh, Mark from Mazworks actually modified another rocker arm and brought it to us. He was actually, fortunately, he was 45 minutes away, their shop. 
uh, brought it to us. We got it in and ready for one more practice lap, and then I qualified. So I didn't get much track time, even though it was my home track. I'd never driven that track layout before. Um, I was able to put together a qualifying lap. I qualified 16th. Um, then I got to go against number one qualifier and twice the horsepower. I have the lowest horsepower car in Formula Drift. I, I'm making just under 500 horsepower right now, Okay. Um, which we're looking to improve on that. But I had to go against a 1,000 horsepower BMW in the rain. Yeah. And, you know, just... 500 horsepower. You know, <laughs> like... Amount of power. And, and <laughs> yeah, and I mean, his his team is just really professional. He's a great driver. And just with all the factors, I... I really just couldn't keep up with him, and and we got knocked out. But hopefully this year is kind of just the, the teething year, I'd say, and we can get some more experience, experience under our belt, and next year we'll really come back a lot stronger. But this year for now, I'm just trying to improve and, uh, you know, do the best I can. Yeah, I see. Um, I think that the battles in the rain makes for interesting, like, results, but still that car that he he won the event i think yep. yeah alex halebrun whatever yeah halebrun amazing driver and he's been going at it for a while so well well no wait he was kind of new to this wasn't he he hasn't been driven long i think he just has an amazing car and an amazing team i think it's as you said very professional so it's it sucks to meet him in, in the first battle maybe but it's nice to at least be beaten by the guy who wins the event right exactly so, silver lining yeah exactly uh so um i was thinking are you going to do more events while you're here in sweden um while i'm here i am planning to go to norway to drive gap a little bit alex is kind enough to let me use his car again <laughs> um after this weekend that's that might change <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, no, but, you know, I originally was going to come for Gap Bill, and when I found out this was just the weekend before, um, I decided to make, you know, a bigger vacation out of it and really enjoy the country and do some driving, have All some right. fun. All <laughs> right. So I, how are you liking Sweden? I, I, Stewie, you've been here before. Yes, yeah, I was here last year, just uh, just after Gap because I came for Gap Bill and then... Uh, yeah, I got convinced to kind of stay for the Mantorp round of All Stars last year. So, oh yeah, that's right, that's yeah. right. Um, I I know that you enjoy pretty much Sweden as it is, except exp- expensive as fuck. But Jesus, <laughs> and then you go to Norway, and then you're like, well, okay, maybe we'll go back to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, we talked we talked a bit before. You you kind of like the weather, especially this time of year, since it's winter for you, right? Yeah, so it gets yeah. From where I'm from in Adelaide, it gets pretty drizzly. Like you know, you go up a bit north in Australia, it's quite nice all year round. But in Adelaide, it gets yeah, pretty pretty drizzly. So it's good to get out of there while while it gets like that. <laughs> come to a nice nice warm place, and uh, and then yeah, bail back there for spring because yeah, yeah, spring in that spring in Australia is pretty beautiful. So yeah, I would love to go there. Yeah. How's the weather in, in the U.S. right now? Um, it's it's pretty well, hot, in right? In Florida, it's terrible. I mean, <laughs> I mean, basically, you don't go outside between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. You just try to stay indoors because it's so hot. You go outside and you're immediately sweating. Jesus. And then, like clockwork in Florida, between 2 and 4 p.m., it will rain. There's what? no it might rain. It will rain. <laughs> um, and, okay. And it's really random because it could be raining at your house, but at your neighbor's house, it's not. 
but then an hour later it will be raining at their house and not yours. Why? Yeah, it's just it's Florida. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just roll with it. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. All right, okay. Uh so how how are you liking Sweden now? I love it. I mean, the weather is gorgeous right now. I hear that this is actually one of the hotter days of the year. Don't ask the Swedish people because they will tell you they're dying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dying. But we're we're coming from Florida and Australia where it's like, oh, it's a nice day. (laughs) Beautiful. Like, uh, take a nap out here. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, it's it's beautiful. And I love like how everything's green. There's a lot of lakes and uh, it's, it's a beautiful country. I hope that you will be seeing more of it. You are going to... Alexander, you're going to pick her up and drive her to your kind of headquarters? Or is she staying out in a motel uh, on the side of the road? She's staying at uh, Longemikkels. All right. At Alamar. So, so it's kind of close. Yeah, so she's going to be seeing a bit more of the, the countryside and then yeah. everything else. Um, I would love for you to actually get a get a look of like the Swedish setting is because I think Florida and, and Sweden is, is very different in the kind of like the the environment I think. Mm-hmm. Um so it would be nice to just go into the fucking forest and pick some blueberries and shit <laughs> <laughs> because that's yeah. assumingly that's all we do. Um no, but I would love for you to to see um the Swedish countryside and all the beautiful roads here and uh, because I think that as with the tracks in the US it's all banks Flat in the middle, middle, and and just mm-hmm. boring. Well, boring. yeah, and in in Florida, we don't have mountains or hills really. Like all of Florida is flat, so that's another thing. Like this track had a bunch of elevation change. I, I don't know how to do that. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> what what that's a hill. We have ant hills, you know. They're, they're, <laughs> that's about it. Um, that's pretty much all of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just antils. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, but yeah, Florida's really flat and uh, don't really remember where I was going with that. But <laughs> <laughs> no. so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. one. Yeah. I will say uh, I've noticed that just, just through the random road trips and leaving the airport and stuff like that, there's a lot of roads that have a sweet jump. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get some speed going, you're getting some air. Like... <laughs> Yeah, so we, we couldn't have that in Australia because people would kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it, you come to Europe and it's a bit of the Wild West because it's like you're allowed to kind of make your own decisions in, in Europe, whereas in Australia they kind of, oh, that's dangerous. We will we'll make sure you don't go anywhere near that. <laughs> so it's kind of refreshing coming here and seeing stuff where you're like, wow, that could really land you in some trouble. <laughs> but, you know, I'll be smart enough not to do it. Whereas in Australia, it's just like, you know, they'll they'll level it out, they'll get rid of it, or they'll barrier it off or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so assuming that Australia is just a country full of idiots. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> correct. Keep going. <laughs> I, I don't want to go further yeah. with that. Um, so what has been your um, favorite thing about uh driving in drifting through the years um like like what's your most memorable event because i knew i know that used to have you have done a lot of events both here in in in, in europe and and australia you've been to japan and what's the the thing that you get most inspired by drifting why do you keep doing it um well i'd say probably the so probably the best event is probably 
probably the Ebisu Mat series. Uh, like, it's a bit of a cliche because it is uh, considered the mecca for most people, but it is just on a next level. I mean, it's it especially uh, quite a few years ago. It's changed now because it's um, with with everything. You know, as it gets something something becomes fashionable, it kind of gets. Um, you know, it just gets turned into something different, and um, but it is. I mean, you've got what, seven different tracks. You've got um, two days straight throughout the night. Um, no marshals. Well, I mean, to a certain extent, but <laughs> you know, I mean, there's on some of the tracks they might put a flaggy just to kind of on the real sketchy parts, <laughs> just to just you know stop people from dying as much. <laughs> Um, but it's just free for all. You get to drive with um, the best in the world. Um, you, you get uh, it's just you know it's it's a completely different experience to anything you'll you ever really see anywhere else. Um, so you you can't really beat that. Um, and like I said, it has changed a little bit um, just with you know it's becoming this kind of cool fashionable thing and. And people are kind of changing the event in a way that it's, you know. But it's still so much fun to, to, to go there. And even if you're not going there for the Matsuri, um, you can go there any stage because it's seven days a week. You go yeah. there, rock up at any time, and you can drift. Um, not all seven tracks. That only opens up for Matsuri. But you can drive, I think it was like four or five tracks. Um, and that ranges from, you know, a toge-style you know, road course to, you know wall scrapes to Manami which I still consider one of the craziest tracks to you know um, if you can make 100k an hour feel like 300k an hour <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a crazy track yeah, I mean yeah. it is everyone kind of it, it is only 100k an hour on the entry unless you yeah. you, know, you can do it, go a little bit faster with straight line and stuff like that but it is an insane track and the characteristic like we are talking about before with the elevation changes I mean that's why a lot of Australians go there because we get to feel what it's like to go <laughs> up and down a hill <laughs> it's so crazy like because um, our tracks are so flat in Australia and you know we, we, we love that and it's actually um, so in, in South Australia we've uh, been lucky enough to um, we're getting a, there's a, a new track being built um uh, there and and they're actually doing a, a dedicated drift track oh, for, okay. for us there and um, uh, one of the key features we've, uh, we've we've wanted to add in has been the elevation changes and so uh, we're going to get that um, hopefully f- uh, next year or something like that uh, whenever it's complete um, but yeah that that's that's been such an important thing for us but um, it'll be really interesting to see where that kind of goes and. And getting the the big dips and and everything and and really enjoying that. So, but yeah, sorry. So as far as uh, events, yeah. So, um, yeah, the the, the Ebisu Mat series are, are kind of, um, they they are the mecca. Um, for me, what I get out of it, it's um, it is purely the experience. Like for me, so what we were talking about before with competition. So, um, people always say, oh, you're not really a competitive person. And, it's kind of funny because I used to get in trouble as a kid for being over competitive. <laughs> I am ridiculously competitive, but I channeled it in a different way. For me, like I, I kind of compete with myself. Like I'm super critical of how I drive. Like I, um, I am always trying to progress my my driving in different ways, and I push myself um, harder than anybody 
could possibly push me. I mean, like, you know, yeah. with judging and stuff. Like, you know, wh- whatever they expect, I expect, you know, 10 times that. So that's how I'm competitive. I'm competitive with myself and, and I see my own progression. And I guess it's not that I I'm not competitive. It's just in a competition environment, I don't respect the criteria as much. And this is coming from somebody that, that spent the last three or four years... Um, judging multiple series like i yeah i i've I, I judged a lot but for me when i go out driving um i always will respect what i feel like if i go out then i feel like i've done badly and i've done all my results have been good i don't give a shit uh, for me I, I drove i didn't drive how i wanted to drive no so i um i've never respected the the competition process as much as others and i guess that's where it kind of I did some competitions and I I just didn't like the formats or whatever. I didn't feel like it really kind of suited me and and I never I've never had anything against competition like um let's be let's be very clear about something. When I said that you weren't competitive, I did not mean that you oh, are sorry, you yeah, were, yeah, No no yeah, no no, yeah, no, yeah, no. I did, I did not mean to say that you are bad because you have actually won yeah. quite a few events. Yeah, but it's uh so yeah, I'm just uh so when when there's a competition, like like I said, I got nothing against competitions. In fact, like I said, I do enter them every now and then um, because it, if they, it, there are a lot of competitions which are just heaps of fun. You can have so yeah. much fun. You can have a great experience. Um, uh, so I mean, I did one last weekend in New Zealand. Um, I'll be doing the, the King of Europe uh, round, the Hungary round uh, later on this thing. Um, for the experience, and uh, I enjoy it. Like it's, I, I do enjoy the uh, experience. But at the same time, there are a lot of competitions I won't do because I just know that I won't enjoy it. No, you, know, you, were, you were. We were talking earlier. I, I won't out anyone, but we were talking earlier, and you gave shit to a lot of drifting series and a lot of drivers, and just they're not doing it maybe not necessarily the right way but no no it's the a fun way it's, as long as people um get take it like if they if they enjoy what they do and they take get a lot out of what they do then i, I got no problem um like if if people enjoy um you know chucking a bunch of money into a car and and, and getting out of what they get out of it um i'm totally sweet with that it's when people come into the series and it's purely about winning and it's purely about like nothing else but ego driven stuff like that 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 becomes a problem like it's just it's like the way i look at drift is so you are going out on track and you're kind of spending a whole bunch of money so you can go out and you can go drift the car around a track and what's the point in doing that unless you're enjoying it because most of these people aren't making money they're shit not making money and they're, they're losing a lot of money. So what's the point in going out and doing that unless you really enjoy what, you, what, you're, what you're doing? If you're going out there and it's, you know, um, and you're just going out there for, you know, just to kind of say, I won this, I won that. It's just like, it's just, you know, it, it, that doesn't make sense to me. And they, those kind of people don't really, I, I don't really have any time for them because... They won't. They won't be fun to drive with. They won't be fun to, to you know. So, um, I think there's a lot of competitions which miss the mark because they they're trying to make this sport something it's not. It'll always be an outsider sport. Um, it'll always um, not fit the norms. I mean, here we are trying to pretend like here we are trying to pretend like we're 
we're just like every other motorsport. But the other motorsports, they they can see we're 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 throwing a car sideways around a corner, whereas they're racing a car around a corner. We're yeah. not the same. We're very <laughs> different. It's you know it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you know bicycle racing compared to BMX. You know freestyle BMX. It's a completely different ball uh, ball game and and people. And, and so, so I don't have any problem with people running their own series, but I'm amazed that there haven't been more people making a go at making drift into more of a, um, you know, a sport based around, you know, taking the taking the kind of models off like you know freestyle BMX and, and stuff like that, and and looking at you know like when people talk about sponsors and all this, all this, it's like. Oh, you've got to be sitting there and a professional and all this stuff. So it's like, so you're telling me there's not a market for a, a bunch of uh, for a bunch of people going out there and just doing really cool stuff to watch and not sitting in front of a camera and and spouting a bunch of sponsors. You're telling me there's not a market for you know for guys going out there and making a living off drift by just going out there and doing really cool stuff and filming it and and doing. It. I mean, I grew up watching skate videos and. And stuff like that, where I didn't go watch skate competitions. Didn't interest me. But sure as shit, did I? You know, buy the you know the new flip video when it came out. Yeah. And I watched all their shit. I bought the flip stuff. You know, same as the as and all those all those companies. I would buy their shit because um, I love what they did, and it, and part of it was supporting what they did because I got to go out and pay thirty bucks or what it was and watch an amazing collection of of cool shit. And it's like, how has that model not been transferred into drift? And how are we not, you know, they weren't sitting there, sitting in front of a camera saying, oh, you know, um, I would like to thank this per- this company for this and stuff like that. They were going out there just doing really sick shit, having a company's name on them. And then a bunch of people were really stoked with what they did. Yeah. And and that was that was the marketing process. And that's how, how that, supports, uh, that sport kind of, survived and stuff like that um so i would like to see i would like to see drift um like you know the freestyle side taken more seriously and and kind of uh you know it's it's some people kind of like oh what's what's freestyle drift and i was like well uh, you know a lot of people say oh you know it's like you know it's just got going out and practice and stuff like that but i always say you know look at look at gut build look at uh, ebisu matsuri's look at some of the biggest craziest events yeah they're all freestyle, man, and they get the biggest numbers and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's... so I'd love to see that stuff kind of be taken a bit more seriously. And I got nothing against competitions. <laughs> I I think they have their place. I mean, um, you know, we've we've had uh, DCA Fink's been running Drift Challenge Australia. Yeah, he did that last year. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Had so much fun. I mean, we got to got to drive with with the American guys like um like you know, Chelsea came over, Nakamura, Suunaga, Yukoi was over. I mean. Guys, which are just killing. It. I mean, Nakamura is the best in the world in my eyes. You know, Sunaga, Yukoi is you know an amazing driver as well. And so, competitions aren't don't have to be bad. DCA has proven that you can have really good, close, aggressive driving can be so much fun. And you get you know things like being able to drive with the world's world's best. I mean, competitions can be awesome. I think it's just about finding the formats and. And, uh, and doing it right and there's, there are a lot of competitions that are doing it wrong in my eyes but it's their competition so I won't take that away from them no no of course not uh, so how are you looking at this uh, Kelsey with 
what's in it for you doing drifting besides this proving yourself like what do you get out of it what what do you enjoy most is it competitions or or freestyle or um well all of it's fun like if i'm drifting it i'm having fun you know i and perfect answer i i wouldn't be doing the competitive stuff if i wasn't having fun um but there are times like outside of competitions that i like to just go to my home track my friends get in their cars and we all just go out and just tandem trains like just four or five cars go out there and yeah it may look terrible but we're driving with each other and we're having fun and uh we have some um like bash style events every now and then you know we have an event that's awesome um we do it like once a year where you go out friday you drift all day you camp out you party you have fun with your friends you wake up in the morning to the sounds of cars engines revving and all that and you do it all over again you start drifting so like i enjoy every aspect of it you know i enjoy just driving with my friends i enjoy going to competitions and you know when i get knocked out in a competition i still have a blast because i run up into the stands and i'm with my friends and i'm cheering and you know it just i enjoy every aspect of it hmm. yeah it's interesting to to see that since there's a lot of stress within uh, the competition environment uh in a competitive environment there's so much pressure on a driver on a team and their budget and everything else around it i think that's i think that's sometimes the the problem is like if people get into drift because oh yeah i you know i really enjoy and so they they drift for they drift for a long time and they kind of um they, they enjoy what they do and then it gets to a point where the natural progression almost pushes them towards competition and competition. Yeah. And then they get the pressure of having to kind of perform because they're sponsors now, you know, and, and then and then they kind of wind up, why the fuck am I doing this? Because exactly. they, 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 they don't enjoy it. And so um, that's, I think, yeah, I mean, people have got to be really careful about just jumping into it too much because, um, and once again, I was just, like I was saying before, it's just motives. I mean, if you... If, if you're just going out there to, if you just go to competition and, you know, sure you want to win, like obviously, but, but not, not be the end of the world. Just, you know, um, like you said, like if, if you, if you get knocked out, well, yeah, there's always the expression session or there's always getting hammered with all your mates that <laughs> night. Uh, there's, there's, there's so much more to, to events than, you know, even competitions than, than winning. And I think, when I see people kind of, um, when I see people kind of like go to an event and then they they get knocked out, chuck a hissy fit, put the car on the trail and then drive straight home, mm-hmm. it's like, what are you in this sport for, man? Like, yeah, what are you trying to get out of this? Because if you're after money, there's much better way. There's much better things you can do with your time. <laughs> yeah, dude. sure as shit, not not a way to make money. And I just, it, it, it I, I, I do feel sorry for these people because I just, I feel like that. If they don't, they don't get it. Like no. you got, you've got to enjoy what you're doing. You have to, you have to love. And there's so much fun competitions, freestyle. Um, you know, every every part of car, car culture as well. You know, it's not like it, I, I always. You know, people always kind of, uh, you know, say I'm, I'm, you know, I just defend missiles and stuff like that. But you know, 
Uh, I'm I I built competition car. I've got a style car. Oh, I've, I've had style cars. I've got battle cars. I love every aspect to it, and there's so much to enjoy out of all of it. You don't have when people kind of just say, "Oh, you know, yeah, you have to do that, or you have to, you know, you're ruining the sport if you do that." It's like there's so much fun stuff in the drift, so much, and I think the best part about drift is the variety, and it's like, um, it's that like I can go to one event with you know i can go to a i can go to an event like today at all stars and 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 there could be this insane quality build like uh, competition cars and you just love just seeing them work like they're just the noise and the and, and just the when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The, the drive and everything they have. And then you go to another event and you're watching a bunch of style cars driving around. They just look amazing. Like, um, And then you go to a bash event and you're seeing you know some of the most amazing driving you've Broken ever seen. Broken windows. And, and, and just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that's the best part of drift. There's so much variety and there's so much fun you can have with every single different style. And um, people kind of sit in their corner and say, oh, I'm with this type of driver. I'm with this type of driver. So like, well, why not try some other stuff? And just, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, just ex- just experience other stuff. And, and don't get too uptight about, oh, this is the way the sport should be. If you don't like it, you know, you know. You know, you you kind of ruining the sport or whatever like that. Just just try it all, and, and, and it is what it is. Like all these styles of drifting, they are in the sport. Love it or hate it, they're in the sport. Embrace them or accept them or whatever you want to do. But you, you know, if you if you love drift, try it all and just and just enjoy it, all of it. You know, don't get too uptight. And yeah, that's pretty, yeah yeah. Because in the money aspect, there's a there's a saying that to make a a million in racing now what well, to become a millionaire in racing you have to be a billionaire yeah, yeah. exactly so, yeah. um but as you say the people are starting to do this for the wrong reasons but but they always have been that's, yeah that's the, everybody and that, and has and their and reasons that's, that's the thing is, is it, you know I've, we've seen it in australia for a long time and stuff like that is there's always going to be people in, in it for the wrong reasons, but you you just gotta you just gotta forget those people because there are so many amazing people in the sport. Like, um, as somebody that kind of goes around and 
um, especially I don't do it in an elegant way. I think as you guys know firsthand, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm probably as close to a gypsy as you can probably imagine. <laughs> uh, and I just go around and I, and, um, and I, I, I get to see just like the generosity and the kind of just the, like how people welcome other people. It's like this sport, like the people in it are fucking amazing. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I uh, you just got to look past those people for the wrong reasons because they, they are a minority. People get caught up on those people, but they are a minority. Yeah. Guarantee you, like, there's so many more really awesome people. And just people just want to get consumed on the bad people. But they're, yeah, it's they're, they're awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's good we have people like Stewie Bryan who just came, came in and fucked shit up. <laughs> um, I'm thinking that we'll uh, take a short break and yeah. uh, we'll be right back. I guess. <laughs> uh, why is this here? Special surprise. Take it away. Take it away. This is filled in a bottle. Well, I'd say it's... I'd say it's fuck shit up in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, we should rebrand it. Just sell it in shots. Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Like a thousand bucks for six centiliters of fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> you got a whole bottle of fuck shit up. Well, that's pretty much the going rate for everything oh, in, in Norway and Sweden. Jeez. Yeah. As far yeah. as I'm concerned. Uh, Magic Mike, would you mind? Just put it on a marker. M. M again. <laughs> and marker. Done. As you can tell, Kelsey, everything is very strict here. <laughs> That's terrible. Professional, professional, <laughs> professional. Yeah, exactly. All right. Put your mics up to your face and uh, we're back. So, I have no idea where we were because... We talk so much, and I... There's a lot of shit yeah. spoken as well. Yeah, so. I always get shit for saying that, mm. so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, I don't really know what I want to do with this. I, I really just want to sit down and talk, drifting and talk, just having fun, really. Uh, we covered some of what you do and and, uh, and all of this, but I don't know, really, what we should do with this. Um... I have a question for for Kelsey. Sure. Um, like future plans? Is it is the plan now to you stay in Pro Two for another year, or are you going to try to earn your Pro license this year to move up next year? I mean, earning the Pro license to move up is always an option. Um, this year, I feel like I would probably need another year in Pro Two just to be ready because, like, the level of driving for Pro One to Pro Two, like, there is a big jump there. And I want to make sure I'm ready when yeah. I go up to Pro One. My body's um, ready. <laughs> <laughs> would you say it's Would you Whoa. say it's a big jump from from drivers or jump from cars more? Uh, both, honestly. Uh, you know, if I had to go up against Osbo in my first battle, I'd be like, "Well, shit!" Like I'm, I'm done for. <laughs> you know, uh, it, just because like they have a lot more experience, and yeah, the cars play a factor. And right now, like my car is limited by my budget. Um, so hopefully if I do well this year, uh, I can come back stronger in Pro 2 next year, better car, faster car, um, and then use next year to really get ready for Pro 1. Uh, I, I think that I could use more than just this year. I would say if that. I'm, if I'm being realistic. Reverse that order for a budget and car because your budget is very limited by your car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Your, your whole life is very limited by your car. They go hand in hand, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, like, I, I think it's actually pretty cool that you're staying with the... Uh, like, I get a... 
I do talk a lot of shit about SRs, like jokingly, because the SR versus <laughs> RV thing. But I think it's really cool that you stand the the SR. Um, Thanks. Because I I I think like you said before, it's the purest thing in a way. Like uh, I think um, a lot of people do take that practical route of just finding the easiest way to be competitive or whatever it is. But I don't know. I think it's I think it's cool that like you know for for drift you know it's like we said before it's in, it's enjoyment and, and if you enjoy the characteristic of the engine or just you know it's just more fun to drive with it like that mm-hmm. um or you just like having that engine i think it's really cool so yeah i think i think saying no to, n- i'm not anti-v8 but i think saying no to just the easy option of v8s and uh and sticking with the with the sr is cool it's funny because like uh, once again i give him shit about the noise and stuff like that but you give a lot of shit yeah i, give, I, <laughs> I do i do i i you know I, i'm australian so we give we, we take the piss out of everything um sounds like he takes a lot of shit though. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, you know i i cop it all um but um but like it's actually quite refreshing like you know when you go to some places where there's just v8s and v8s and v8s and then uh you know you you hear that that beautiful SR chirp, <laughs> but it is actually in in a way like it's uh, just hearing that over over the same V8s and V8s is actually kind of refreshing. Uh, you know, it's no RB, but it's it's it's, it's I, a start. I love the sound of my car, like yeah. it flooring my car and just hearing the sound. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's great. It's very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah. I, the, people always talk about them being tracked and stuff like that, but uh, there's definitely. Um, Definitely, uh, they've their own kind of you know that rasp, especially with the Japs. They 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 love getting the the manifolds just right, so they get that like that really aggressive yeah. chirp and stuff like that. And uh, and they love it. They you know they they drive around just you know blipping the throttle and revving it everywhere. It's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, I would say that uh, Australia is probably the only country, uh, New Zealand maybe, where SRs get shit. <laughs> because um, everywhere else it's oh V8 oh V8 oh V8 but SR is getting shit that is pretty much unheard of um yeah but once again like Kiwis and Aussies are very similar we take the piss out of pretty much everything yeah. <laughs> um especially each other um so we, we just take the shit out of everything like you know we give Toyota guys crap you know like I r- respect you know, two J's and one J's like crazy, but I'll still give my mate shit for driving Toyotas. <laughs> um, you know, same as rotaries, you know. I love, I like, rotaries, are the, I, I love the characteristic of a rotary. It's great. It's like peaky with no torque down low. It's perfect. That's why I love RB20s. But I'll still give them shit for spitting Apex, you know, the seals. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I, we just give each other shit for, for whatever, but, I, you know, fact is, is, um, we still, I still respect all, all the engines and um, even V8s. You know, like it's they're not my cup of tea. I, I, I genuinely don't like the feeling of them um, driving and stuff like that. But um, hey, if, if 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 somebody really likes them, sweet, you know, go for it. And, and yeah. some of them do sound really nice. You know, they, they, some of them just just have that, you know, have that real you know tone to them. But you know, I come from Australia. You know, just like you know, we, we, you live in America or you live in Australia. You're surrounded by a lot of V8s, and that that you know, growing up, even if you're into drift or anything like that, you hear a lot of dickheads in their in their V8s, you know, <laughs> revving them and stuff like that. So the, the the noise is not as probably refreshing 
as it, as it might be to, to Europeans and stuff like that. You know, that the LS1 note is kind of ingrained into us as a, yeah. as a, as a kid. Well, not LS1s, but, v, you know, those those old school V8s, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we've, we've grown up with them. So I, have, hearing a really nice, you know, cammed one every now and then, like, I, I, I love it. But when you go to an event, all you hear is the same LS1 note over and over and over. It's like... Yeah, it gets a, for me, it gets a bit old. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was thinking um, we've given a lot of shit to stereotypes in, in our po- Swedish podcast. And I was wondering, is there any like stereotypes in, in, in the US? I know that there are stereotypes that I want to talk about in Australia. But let's start with the US. Are there, there are stereotypes that, that get shit like either specifically in, in uh, Florida or in the US regardless of, of state uh, like well, driving cars the, like are there people who are just you know dumb fucks i mean well i mean it, it depends uh obviously a lot of the stereotypes aren't true but i mean all the oh don't be so all, politically correct all, all, <laughs> All the guys driving, uh, you know, BMWs are douchebags, and uh, you know, like <laughs> there's there's certain things. Like then, if you have a 240, you're kind of just you're just one of those like uh, you're a follower or yeah, the uh, bandwagon. Yeah, you jumped on the bandwagon. Oh, you got a 240. Like, and I, I was gonna say too, like I am guilty too of like I'll I'll hate on some V8 cars or rotaries or whatnot. But then you turn around, there's a lot of cars that are V8 or rotary that I have mad respect for. Like I'll look at that car and be like, dang, that's sick. <laughs> like that is a sweet car. Yeah. Um, uh, but as far as stereotypes, I'm trying to think of something specific. Uh, I'll give nothing... an example. Just to be, okay. just to be clear with this in Sweden, we have, uh, Volvos. A lot of them. <laughs> a lot of Fuck them. Fuck <laughs> of them. Uh, especially it's weird, the, isn't it? Really? Yeah, there's a lot of Volvos in Sweden. It's, it's yeah. quite, quite mind blowing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> uh, so there's a specific model uh, which is the Seven Series, which just gets pissed on both literally and <laughs> metaphorically because people just yeah, treat them like shit. <laughs> Um, there, there's a saying that you can piss in a tank and it still runs, um, which people do. <laughs> it's yeah, you haven't even begun. I would love to take you to a, to a parking lot where there's a meet and you can see all these people. I won't even begin. I just get I get angry talking about them. <laughs> I just won't do it. Um, but th- that's a stereotype. Like they 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 jump on the roof. They just kick in the doors and just you know beat the shit out of their cars and run around thinking it's awesome. And they're just dickbags. Yeah. Who Wait. ruins everything there is about car culture because they they drift on the street. Well, not drift because it's only one wheel spinning. Because they can't afford Single a diff. As yeah. We, yeah, as we call them in Australia. Yeah. Um, so so they, they just ruin car culture for, for all our whole country. So basic that, basing on, on that, All right. Uh, I mean, outside of drifting, it does kind of bring something to mind. Uh, we hate on Hondas a yeah. lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, mean, I was waiting we, for that. There's, a, you know, there's, and like again, there are some Hondas that I have a lot of respect for. But 
uh, especially uh, in but Florida. But most of them are shit. <laughs> it, well, in, in Florida, we have a lot of ricers. Yeah. And uh, we actually have, since Florida, there's a lot of Hispanic people there. There is actually a movement, I guess you can say, called Orlando Fiebre. It is like the Orlando Honda street racing scene. And it's crazy. There is a group on Facebook, and all these people just talk shit to each other, drive shitty cars, and <laughs> go out and race on the street. And it's they bring a bad name to other car enthusiasts, I guess you could say. Um Fast and Furious. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And they go and race, and they're not going anywhere. Like, I mean, just, <laughs> you, you hear them, and they're still there in front of you. <laughs> uh, they, they sound like they're trying real hard. but Yeah, A for effort. Yeah, yeah, A for effort. Um, yeah, but, I mean, other than that, as far as in drifting, um, there are, you know, the, the 240 kids or whatever that street drift and get caught, and they – bring a bad name to drifting but it's not limited to say the 240 kids i mean i, I drive a 240 i'd like to think that i'm not you know taking a shit on drifting culture and bringing it down uh but there are de- generally uh a few bad apples why did much. nate hamilton come to mind when you said 240 kid i have no <laughs> idea I, I i love nate hamilton but he, he is one of the sweetest guys ever yeah. like one of the most humble people in formula drift i will say it's still a 240 kid. Yeah, uh, yeah he's very true. He's got a, he's got a V8. Went yeah. LS train, so... Uh, let me handle the Australia a bit, okay? Sure. Okay, <laughs> sure. Mad skids. Mad skids. Mad skids. Dosing. Dosing. Veal Commodores and Bogues. Oh, you've said, you've, no, you've, got ca- you've said Dosing and Veal Commodores. You need to combine those. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you can dose other cars, but it's a, it's a Veal thing. It's yep. a, mostly, mostly a Veal thing. Um, so for a history lesson, for those that don't know, Commodores, our, um, our Australian take at a car, um, they, uh, I'm going to probably going to get shit from the Holden guys, but you're used to it. Go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at some stage they realized that their engines were shit. And so they actually finally put a Nissan in and it was the best basic engine they ever put in a Holden <laughs> and RB30, um, single overhead turbo, um, which uh, makes it into a lot of drift cars now when using it with double heavy kit. Anyway, so those, they, they uh, and they put like um, like the steel intake pipes and they take off the ball for earth or whatever and they, they dose like crazy. Do you know what dosing is, Kelsey? Flutter. Like you, Someone, Who's going to do the noise? I can't do it. He can do it. Dennis can do it. Yeah, no. he can. <laughs> he can. See I it in your promise soul. you. I won't. I won't. Yeah. But, but the, when it's, you... it's flutter. It's like when you take off a ball for earth. Like yeah, yeah. you intentionally like build up the boost pressure and you just let off the gas just to yeah. hear the noise. It's fucking so crazy. Basically, they're just trying to kill their it's, it's it's yeah more yeah. more of a. There we go. See, but they they keep that flutter <laughs> going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of yeah. Um. So that's yeah. That's that's our that's our rednecks. That's our bogans. Yeah. Um. You don't know a thing about rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's ours. No, so we, look, we've got, we've got, we've got the stereotypes like, um, uh, but I try not, I, I'm not being politically correct, but I actually genuinely try to not stereotype based on styles or anything like that and try to stick to more, there are dumb asses. 
Yeah, you and, just shit on everybody. So. Yeah, no, like, cause, uh, but but it's fair enough because, like, like I said, I'm, I could I could easily say the style guys are all hard parkers. I could easily say the missile guys are all all crash into each other and don't know how to drive. <laughs> I could say all the comp drivers are all money and no talent. You could easily say all that, but the fact is, is that no, there's a bunch of competition dudes which can drive the shit out of their cars, and um, and then I go battling with them you know in battle cars and and so like that and you know they're amazing drivers and, and everything um but there are a lot of douchebags so it's just one of those things you, you, you can stereotype but there it's it doesn't really get you anywhere i mean like like i you know i cop all the flack for for the missile guys and the stereotypes and stuff like that and because everybody um you know seems to feel like i've basically ruined the sport with you know you know the fact that uh I encourage people to go out there and enjoy their cars and and uh, and not worry about um, you know necessarily keeping them clean hundred percent of the time. Um, and so apparently that, that's ruining the sport. And they, but the the problem is that there are a bunch of this. There's this missile culture going on where people are building these cars to look like missiles just to be cool. Yeah. And but that falls under the category for me. Of douchebag, so <laughs> like for me that that's 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 being that's doing it for the wrong reasons. So once again, it comes down to intention. I mean, if you're if you if you're building your car or whatever because that's the style you want to do it, really you really enjoy what you're doing, then fucking sweet, go do it. You know, but that doesn't doesn't matter if you're doing a missile, if you're doing a style car or comp car or street car or whatever you want to do. If you're doing it because it really brings you satisfaction and you found your calling, I guess within within uh, the sport you're doing, then sweet. But if you're doing it because this is the latest fad, this is what's going to get me the e reps, uh, you know, then fuck it. You just that that's the problem. It's not what you're doing necessarily. It's why you're doing it, and you know, it, it ended up resulting in, you know, like I said, with missiles, you've got these. Um, guys kicking in their panels and ruining perfectly good cars just so they can kind of say that the same as the style guys you know you know hard parking and 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 talking talking shit and and kind of you know all that shit but that's just being a douchebag it's not being a style guy it's not being a missile guy it's not being any of that shit it's just it's just the wrong intention so stereotypes well yeah we've got the bogans that like the v8s but I, I love that I love that shit as well because like we were talking about before with the with how burnouts are a sport in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> they are imp- they, like don't get me wrong. It's kind of impress. It is quite. It impressive, is impressive. But what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's doing a burnout. Um, but at the same time, you know, like uh, they are. They're not pretentious. They don't kind of sit there and, and, and like some of the, you know, some of the like motorsports do and say, you know, what we do is, is you know, oh, you know, what you're doing is, you know, you know stupid and stuff like that. Like as if racing around a track is curing cancer. You're just fucking, <laughs> all you're doing is going around a ring fast for fuck's sake, you know? <laughs> but for some reason, because we want to go sideways and enjoy ourselves, all of a sudden it has less purpose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where's the burnout guys? They, they, they go out there and it's like, fuck it, we're just doing a skid. <laughs> like, they don't care. <laughs> like, and so for, that's refreshing in a lot of ways, that they're just going out and enjoying themselves. And, and I like that. I like the fact that they're not, um, they're not sitting there telling other people what they, they can and can't do. They're going out there, they're enjoying themselves. And, and the cars they build are fucking crazy. Don't get me wrong. Like, 
Um, so yeah, but they are they're the cashed up bogans. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with a bogan. They're just a bogan, but they <laughs> they cashed up bogans because they, yeah. But it's, it's it's you know there's yeah that the, uh, they are the yeah just rednecks yeah. bogans for for people that don't know what a bogan is. Yeah. For I'm doing an Australian uh, language lesson at the moment. <laughs> yes, a crash course in, in yeah. Australian. Um, <clears throat> talking about stupid shit. Oh, this Ke- is like an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey, what what um what's the most what's the biggest mistake or the most stupid thing you've ever done in 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 drifting? What what's the the biggest mistake? By accident or on purpose? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that a mistake is on purpose. I mean, I mean, I've done stupid shit on purpose, not necessarily. Talk being about a the stupid shit. That's what <laughs> I right. want to put you in a bad position. So go. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, as far as mistakes, uh, back when I very first started driving, uh, this was both stupid and a mistake. Um, I started drifting a <laughs> combo. See, yeah, <laughs> combo breaker. Uh, I started drifting a stock S14, uh, open diff, stock suspension. I mean, the only thing going for it was that it was five speed. Um, and it was a really clean car. It was my first car. I had it for six months. I decided it would be really fun to try and drift the bank at Orlando Speed World. Funny enough, that was where I started drifting back in the day. Uh, yeah, so uh, I understeered that car straight up into the wall and totaled it. <laughs> oh, that wow. Was my, that was my daily driver. And that I was 19, and um, up until that event, my dad was really against me drifting. I actually started drifting behind his back. Oh. Uh, he didn't know I was going to events. I guess uh, he was very supportive after that. It, well, <laughs> <laughs> funny enough, he actually is. But that was actually the first event he went to, and he ended up leaving early. And right after he left, I, I totaled my car. Oh. And um, that December 13th, 2008. Never forget that name. <laughs> uh, but that was like, you know, and of course, everyone was still talking shit. Like, oh, the girl, you know, of course, crashed. Terrible driver. Women can't drive. Uh, but that almost just was like fuel fuel. Yeah. It fueled my fire. I'm like, man, like I want to be good at this. Like I'm one of these days I'm going to drift that bank and I'm going to kill it. And, uh, you know, now I go back and I drift that bank and, uh, I kill it. I would just like to point out that it doesn't sound like a mistake then because it sounds like it ultimately was good. So yeah, Yeah. at at the end of the day, well, I mean, sorry, mistake, but it it wasn't a bad thing. We learn from our mistakes, right? I mean, that's, have you, have you ever like, uh, unloaded your car and just dropped it or, you know, uh, banged your car into something or, um, let's see. I have, I I drove, (laughs) I I drove one of my daily into a post before, like I was not even paying attention. I was just like pulling into the spot to park at, uh, at the time my my boyfriend's driveway and i legit just turned too steep and there was a post right here and i just went like right against it <laughs> dent like i there was not a single dent on that car until that moment Ooh. and then we took a plunger and we plunged it out but like <laughs> it, I, it was the, the stupidest thing i just wasn't paying attention and it's like one of those things like i, I know how to drive i promise i just just i'm just dumb <laughs> That's the most fun fun moments when you we have a, a a lot of our guests who come here. We always ask that, what's the most stupid thing you've done? And there's always a huge fucking story. Uh, Gottbil Montorp. It was a month ago. There was a dude who who wrenched in his garage and 
he was going to get out of his car. He grabbed one of the roll cage bars, and he just he welded it like like two dots like this. He just spot mocked welded. it up, spot welded it, and he grabbed that. Was gonna yank himself out of the car, and he knocked himself out <laughs> <laughs> for several minutes. Like boom, done. <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. You can build a car worth thousands and thousands of dollars. You're smart. You can calculate. You do all these advanced simulations. You suck at getting out of your car. <laughs> you knock yourself out. Well, you drifted over 160k an hour, 170k an hour. You, you're throwing a car sideways. You're racing against other people. Yeah. And then you don't hurt yourself one bit. And you <laughs> knock yourself out getting out of the car. Yeah, exactly. So that brings me to Stewie Bryant, which I am assuming you've done a fair share of stupid shit. Uh, this is just a, this is such an irrelevant question for me because there is like I, I, in one week I probably got a million stories. <laughs> so I don't. It's, it, would, it, it would be ridiculous. I was gonna say how long have you got? I mean, I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you where I begin. <laughs> like every single event, I'm I'm doing dumb shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean I've I've never I've never actually written a car off. Like I've never never really. I never really damaged the car beyond kind of a you know, fairly easy fix. So huh. I've never had a real, never really had a real big crash. So I've never done anything like that. But a lot of small dumb shit, a lot of small dumb shit. <laughs> I, I, I seriously, I couldn't even tell you. Like there are a million stories. <laughs> I just you just have to film it all. Oh, I just because for me, I don't, I don't like. Part and parcel of kind of going out there and doing really, really dumb shit, which ends up kind of looking cool sometimes, is often not really thinking about the process. Because if I thought about it, I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, no, why would I do that? That's a really bad idea. Um, so generally, yeah, that's that's how a lot of the good stuff comes out is by not thinking. But it also means that I do a lot of dumb shit. Like, <laughs> unbelievable amounts. But, okay. But, but like, like we are saying before, I mean, seriously, like, you you do learn from it to a certain degree, but I mean, like going out in the crap cars, going out and or you know, hitting something or something bad happening like that. You know, that's that's the best way to reinforce. You know, I won't do that the next time. <laughs> and even if you do it, do it next time. But you know, you slowly learn to kind <laughs> of you, you get shit right. You know, sooner or later, it's gonna work yeah. out. Um, so Kelsey, what, what um. Like everybody has this, this, uh, you know, when people describe something that they really love, they really go out of their way and into going into details. And I really want to hear a story from you that is a favorite event or track that you really like. The entry on this track is just like, you know, it's, it's this or this transition is, is perfect. Or do you have a track that is like that for you? Hmm. Have to think about that for a minute. Because you have to like see that. Okay, this separates the. This is going to be weird. You can't really say that, can you? No. <laughs> <laughs> the people from the people. Uh, <laughs> no, but th- this separates the the amateur from from the the professionals, so to speak. Uh, I say for me, Minami, um, definitely Minami at Ebisu. Yeah. Um, like as I said before, I mean, 
Like there are some gnarly fast tracks and stuff like that, which you can, which you know, which I've done. Which, um, but you, you can you can lead in from a slow entry, or you can progress up to a fast speed entry. Let us in on that process when you when you come down from from the one eighty turn going yeah. to the straight part of, of uh, the the run up to, yeah. to the jump. Let me in on that process. What you're going over in your head when you exactly well, what you're doing. So. Um, so for a long time, uh, Minami didn't have like, just before, as you go over the jump, there's like a, to the right, there's like a concreted section for, for a long time. Um, up until, uh, I can't remember, like probably five or six years ago, I'm probably getting called out on that, but they, um, that was grass. And so the line through there was always just before you go over that jump was, a was, um, it's a, a chicane basically. Yeah. Um, and then they put in that, they concreted that area. And so now you go straight through there, but the competition line and how, how you learn to, to drive that track is still, there's a, like essentially a curb there. So you still do the same chicane as you always did, but they open up, they open up that, that straight through section for the, for the chase guys now. Oh yeah. So you're not really meant to use it as a lead car. Um, and still to this point, few people really do because as the Japanese you know, are they, they? That's this is the way to do it. So this you go around here. So that's the way to do it. So that's how you learn to do it. Um, and then you've got crazy fuckers like Saito and Shinji and <laughs> stuff like that, which decided to start going just straight through that. And and when you go straight through that, you pick up. I mean, depends on the car and whatever, but you pick up an extra twenty thirty k an hour. <laughs> now that doesn't actually seem like much, but um, you know. The, 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 you're going over that, uh, even in a competition car, between 90 to 100k an hour. And once again, it doesn't seem that fast, but you, you know, essentially you're going over a jump against the wall. And what Saito and, 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 and those guys on the straight line, um, it goes up to 130 and 140k an hour, I'd say. And that is huge. It is so like nothing you've... Like, to, do, to do Minami at like 90 to 100k an hour is scary. Like it's it's that scary track that everybody knows. Like it just it doesn't seem like it. you're going over a jump against the wall, and then after that wall, there's a another wall waiting for you. Yeah, it's it's scary. Um, and then you're stepping up that thirty forty k an hour, and it just gets intense. Like your car is basically airborne until you're against that concrete wall, um, and you don't lose any speed because you're going down a hill. So, yeah, that that's the thing that yeah. most people don't it's quite see. Steep. Yeah, it's, it's it's actually a steep. It's very steep, and you gain speed going down there if you're on the gas and stuff like that. So, um, when you come, if you screw up and you go over, you're going at that wall, and you're certainly not losing much of that 140k an hour. <laughs> and so you're just straight at a concrete wall, 140k an hour, and it's different. I'd say it's different to glancing a wall, you know, like scraping along a wall at 140k an hour because you're going at it. Yeah, so exactly. you, you hit it at a much greater angle. But yeah, so um, I would say so. So when you start doing that, the the process of basically you're throwing a car over a blind crest at a jump, and you have to initiate before the jump. And so the way I always like it the most is because it's it's full commitment before. So you have to completely commit um, before you go over there, and um, you just basically got to lay it all on the line for, for it when you go up to that. Um, and uh, and then when you start doing tandems and and uh, that you know like chasing Saito over there is just 
one of the most crazy things. Same as Shinji, they're both both crazy. But chasing those guys over is is probably one of the most intense intense experiences um, I've yeah I've I've probably had. Um, yeah, I'd say so. But that track is truly one of the ones which, which yeah really kind of makes or breaks you because you can't you can't really hit it you can't really hit it without hitting it hard and you can kind of roll over the jump and then initiate right down the bottom but you can't really kind of half ass it yeah. i mean uh you really have to commit to it so i would say that's um yeah i would say that's probably one of the like to, to get it right technical um everything going that one there's probably more ones like like um like looking at the videos of the Pukoi in New Zealand and oh, all that, where they're fuck, no. entering in fifth gear. I was watching, um, yeah, Pernell's, uh, which I was, he was, I was driving with him last weekend in, in, in New Zealand. Watching that video of his, I think it's went around the internet, you've probably seen it, and he's he's in fifth entering. Yeah. Um, entering in his, in his Pingu car. Uh, <laughs> he's entering at fifth on that right hander at over 200k an hour or whatever it is, and maintaining it mid corner. And to the left is a wall just waiting for yeah. you. That shit there is like, ooh, that's, that's pretty intense. That's yeah. freaking crazy. Because have you come up with something, Kelsey? I uh, was thinking that uh, that um, uh, there was a video released recently of, I think it was Nate Hamilton, right? When he sits on the grid. He sits on, on the line with... Um, yeah, it was know, from uh, New Jersey. FD New Jersey. Yeah. And... Um, when when people describe things, they they yeah, yeah yeah you roll up and you you first second third fourth clutch kick and then it's done, but that video kind of set a feeling that sitting on the line, just sitting on the line waiting for the lights to go out is a big thing, um, and then you start to think about oh shit I gotta do a flick entry I have to stay close to the wall I gotta look at the other competitor in front of me. All these little things that make up to a big part, people really don't think about that too much. Oh yeah, he he came off the bank in New Jersey and he transitioned. Do you know how fast you're fucking going down that bank? I mean, that's crazy. Your car like it, it compressed to nothing, and your whole body just sinks down. And people don't think about that. Do you have something like that? Like you can describe when you're sitting at the line at Orlando or or the track that you're thinking of. Um. Well. There's three instances, I guess you could say, that come to mind. Um, one was FD Orlando, you know, my first Formula Drift event. You know, this is a lot bigger deal than what I had been driving before. And um, the bank, not really a problem. I'm very familiar with that bank and coming off that bank. But we had never run a layout in such a way that went through the infield the exact way. And there was actually, like, a jump in the middle of the infield, yeah, which was awesome. <laughs> like a lot of people were like, "Oh, we didn't like it. Like it was, just, it was a bump, like whatever." And I'm like, "Yo, I could catch air over that thing, and it was awesome. It was <laughs> sweet." But you had to be prepared for it because hitting that bump and landing just right, like it can knock you offline, and you could spin or whatever just because of that bump. So it added just an extra element to the course that you had to consider when you're coming off that bank. Okay, here comes the jump. Okay, made it. All right. Um, but other than that, another time was a few years before um, I before I got really competitive and did a full Pro-Am series. I kind of jumped around. I did a couple from one series and 
a couple from another. Uh, I actually went out to drive a, a pro-am event in Texas, and I drove, it was the FD layout uh, at Texas Motor Speedway, and that was the fastest entry I'd ever done at that point. And that, we may not, you may think, oh, it's, well, it's, it's drifting, like whatever, you go, you initiate, you drive. Um, it was actually really tricky for me because at the time I'd never driven a course like that. I had no experience on any sort of road course, really. All I've driven on is parking lots and banked ovals. So you get this really fast 90 mile an hour entry, um, which, you know, normally I clutch kick entry. I had to handbrake entry and then you get a, a quick transition, but then you have to do a slow, very controlled transition to go into well it used to be a full outer zone they kind of changed it in the past year or two um but i just remember that being a stepping stone for me and really learning how to do that those that slow transition from the fast entry and just when you take off from that line i'm thinking well i'm either gonna make it or i'm gonna fly off the course (laughs) you know which i i did a few times learning learning how to do it Uh, luckily there was no wall involved uh (laughs) But, uh, and the third time is actually today, you know, getting in a car I'd never driven before, uh, and I guess yesterday was the first time, but getting in a car I'd never driven before, the setup is different, like I'm in a different seating position, the steering wheel is closer to me, the pedals are further away, I'm hitting my elbow on the roll cage, Um, I have a bruise on the inside of my hand from the shifter, just come, I'm... This arm, I realized how weak my left arm is yeah. just from trying to shift and handbrake and everything. I'm I'm physically exhausted. And all that with really trying to concentrate on a track with elevation changes, which I've never done before. Um, you know, turns with these straightaways, with these turns. There was just so much going on that I'm trying to think about. And, I mean, this weekend so far has been crazy. It's definitely been a huge learning experience, but... When I left the line for qualifying, you know, my first run, I'm like, okay, let me try to take an easy run. Let's not try to do anything crazy. And, you know, I made a mistake coming over the hump going into the banked turn, and I spun. And I'm like, oh, man, like, this sucks. I'm not going to qualify. So on my second run, I'm sitting at the line, and I'm just thinking through the course, thinking about where I have been needing to grab handbrake, and just I thought out the whole entire course in my mind. And I'm like, Let's not try to go crazy. Let's just make it through and, you know, get a score. Um, and, and that's what I did. I, I did a, you know, a mediocre run at best. But for me, it was one of the few times I was able to put down a decent run that would have gotten a score yeah. of the whole weekend. And I was so proud of myself for just making my coordination work with the different <laughs> hands and with with everything going on and, you know, having, being in a, a country that I, you know, I, I don't really know anybody and, <laughs> you know, and, you know, my friends back home, my dad is usually at every single drift event at this point. He's like my crew chief and biggest supporter now, you know, he's, he wasn't here. So there's just so much going on. I, I'd say that now just thinking about it, like, I think that this event has been probably one of the most standout events in my drifting history so far. Yeah. Because, you're getting, you're putting it all on the line just coming here without anyone to hold on to mm-hmm. into a country where you know no one 
in the car that you have never seen before. Yeah. So just that in in itself is a big um big bump to to get over. Mm-hmm. And then to focus on the track and doing well. Uh it's amazing that you you qualified. Uh it's it's a huge success. I see it as a yeah. huge success for you. Uh since the competition is very very tough. Uh yeah. especially since James Dean and and Yanni Seglite and everyone else who's done these kind of events and are used to tracks that are very different from the American tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, also built their cars for I mean I don't know how many years and you're jumping in in a car and you actually qualify. So that's to, <laughs> to you. I, I mean that. it's 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 perfect. So I just hope that you can put it together for tomorrow. I, I think it's cool that like. You t- like when you think about you think about the event and stuff like you're you're doing. I think it's cool that you kind of you look at the hard parts and the stuff you're learning and stuff like that as such positives. And I think that's so important because a lot of people yeah. kind of they look at the hard stuff. Oh god, shit! Oh, I've got oh, just you know, and they get pissed off and then they just like it's just like it's a shit event for them. Yeah. Whereas to be able to kind of be like, oh, I'm learning so much and stuff like that. That's so important. It's so, you know, yeah, I think that's such a critical part. Like just not getting so, you know, pissed off just because you're not, just because you're not doing the best that you've ever done ever. Mm-hmm. The, seeing that, you know, you've been put these challenges in, in, in front of you and that you're working past them and stuff like that. Like it's like when people kind of go out there and then, you know, you know, they, oh, they, they start missing a cylinder or something like that and they get all pissed off and stuff like that as, as opposed to just, being kind of shit. Oh, I'm driving around. This is you know, I'm 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 learning something here. I'm driving and with someone like that. I think that's that's cool. Is yeah, man, driving a yeah, got switching. I think it's one thing to kind of switch between left hand and right hand and jumping in a, a completely different car. You know, just sort of you know, you know, going out for a practice and all that. But to actually just go straight into a competition yeah. door, <laughs> it's it's hard. It's real hard. Yeah, you should you should. Uh should think of this event as a huge success already mm. oh i do i do um coming back to the u.s you have tons of experience in another car different tracks conditions uh, fortunately there haven't been any rain this track is notorious for being slippery as dicks <laughs> when, when it comes to rain <laughs> slippery as dicks yeah. Noted. Uh, Noted. <laughs> so hopefully we, we we don't have rain for tomorrow Super uh, dicks. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good saying. I like it. Yeah, I'm keeping. I'm keeping the street shave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> the street shave. He did a street shave before. It's a street shave. Street Gypsy shave. Gypsy laugh. Yeah. When Gypsy we came laugh. back from the track, from the track, he uh-huh. took his razor and did a street shave. Right on the street. He <laughs> used street his shave. car as a mirror. So <laughs> yeah, used the rear window. It's great. Street shave. Right. Starting. It's trending already. Okay. okay. Well, hey, with with like new words and stuff. What was that you called the? I called it just a flatbed. You said you called it a shape. Yeah, let's just take this in Swedish. Försök att förklara vad en skämsplatta är. Jag tror att du lyckas bättre där. Truck of shame. Uh, I, 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 I assume that you you said shame plate or something yeah, like that. Yeah, shame bed, shame. Yeah, that's something like that. Shame bed. Yeah, I would probably say shame bed. Shame, shame bed. plate. I know. There's a lot of shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I've never heard anybody, like, call it that. I'm like, wow, that, that kind of makes sense because you're, like, kind of embarrassed, but you're, like, bummed. Flat bit of shame. 
Flatbed of shame. Or you fucked up and you're going back to a pit truck. Yeah. <laughs> you done goofed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, well, well that, that's the hashtag fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the fail cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that that's a big crash for him, Max today. Yeah, he oh. flew. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, fill, fill me in for the for the person that was sitting at uh, back at the back at the apartment, hungover the scene. Watching. <laughs> <laughs> fill me in because yeah, I wasn't I wasn't there. What happened? Uh, Max uh, Max Twardowski I yeah, think he's driving the failed crew PS13 normally yeah. um, he has bought a new car an S14 and he there was said to be a entry speed of 90 kilometers an hour I don't know what that translates to about 55 yeah, yeah, yeah something. About just yeah. below 60 yeah just below 60 miles per hour and uh, most people did about 90 at tops mm-hmm hundred and two. Which is nope. Not no. gonna fucking work. And he just flew off track and, and landed on the there's a there's an uphill part. Yeah. He went from the uphill part down to the downhill part. Like <laughs> Woo <laughs> Just flew didn't off. Didn't work out well for him? No, did not. Yeah. Um, well, someone almost flipped too. Yeah. yeah, yeah I saw that. Like I and uh, uh I was I was being told, somebody told me that, like, oh, yeah, no one's ever flipped to this track. Because I was saying, like, I'm terrified to flip. I've never flipped a car. And I, it sounds terrifying to yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and so I was saying, no one's ever flipped a car here. And then right after that happened, I see this car almost flip. I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh, we need to stop talking. <laughs> 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 We're going to make people die. <laughs> no, and there hasn't been any, any huge accidents in drifting uh, except for Alexander uh, Granlund, who totaled his car, uh, his uh, legendary 50 million views on his video, that E28, the BMW E28 that he drove, he totaled that car in, into the wall. Who is this? Uh, oh, <laughs> the one, the one where he just like locks up and understeers into the wall. Is that mm, the one? No, he no. slams it. He slams the the rear end and just. Sends him into the wall. Last year, when I drove the track the other way, yeah, like you come up the, the up the banking instead of down. Mm, okay. So he was he was following. I don't remember who Frederick. Yeah, Frederick yeah. Kardim, Mister Five Hundred, and he followed him and took a, a higher line and just, just touched the wall really, but it just sucked him in, and um, the car just died. It says R I P E twenty eight on the wall. <laughs> Someone wrote it. <laughs> Uh, it's a legendary car in Sweden and now all over the world. I think I think it's actually the most viewed drifting video ever. And That's I'm it. trying to think of how it's it's his yeah. qualification round from uh, yeah, it's big on it's big on Facebook but not on YouTube. It's from Gate yeah. to Mantrop last year uh, oh. in the Power Slide competition. I'm not, I'm thingy. Saying it, but yeah, just, yeah. Oh. He, prob- like, he 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 makes smoke from the back of his car to the front bumper. Yeah, that's, like that's smoke the smoke everywhere. trail. Like it, it's smoke everywhere. Not bad. No, no, not bad. <laughs> no one has ever seen anything like it. So, but he told that car and he built this new one. Um, I don't really know how much we're gonna do that. We're at two hours 
already. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I know that you have to sleep for tomorrow's uh, competition. Cut, in, cut into my drinking time. I'm just putting it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, Stewie. Really sorry. Uh, I was all about that American muscle outside. I, mean, I feel right at home yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. you got to get out Someone was playing the, the Duke's The Hazard. Oh, my gosh, because they just canceled that show. I don't see it anymore. Have you seen anything else yet? Have you seen it or just come in? Have you seen like... No, we just only got to oh drive past God. a little bit of it. That's you are. You need to go to Johan's place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're going there. I, I, heard yeah. that, I heard that like everyone like sincerely like wants to be a redneck. And, and yeah. I, I want to yeah. go out there and just... They pull it off pretty well. Put on <laughs> I just want to go out there and just start talking about that American muscle. <laughs> like, oh yeah? What's that? You got that yeah. GTO right yeah. there? Let me see that motor. I actually think they'd lose their mind. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a hat to that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I had a straw hat. And, uh, yeah, the boots. <laughs> I got some pink cowgirl boots, boots at home. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, I'll take it. I ride horses. Come on, let's yeah, so maybe we should, should wrap it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that... Uh, do you have anything that you want to plug, Kelsey, uh, while you're here? I think that this is going to millions of users or, or <laughs> listeners all over the world. So, <laughs> you know. Shameless plug time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Right. Well, um, I will say that I would never have been here if it weren't for Deechworks uh, getting me in contact with the uh, LMR Drift Alliance guys. And and really, like, they made this whole trip possible. I, w- I wouldn't have met anybody here if it weren't for them. Um, so I am really happy that that opportunity came to be. So that's my shameless plug. Uh, Deechworks is awesome. All the guys there run their fuel pumps and, uh, and, and injectors. And, uh, yeah, and... Everyone here has been great and very welcoming, so I'm having a great time. And uh, your next event in FD that we should look out for is uh, Evergreen Speedway in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice, you got the dates? 24th to 25th? Yes. July? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I fly from home from here. I'm home for two days, and then I drive to Seattle. Oh, wow. Human Five calendar. days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The best of luck to you in in your FD pursuit. Um, There is Evergreen and Texas Texas and and Irvingdale. Irvingdale. Mm -hmm. So there's three events. Uh, That's going to be awesome. And we'll definitely keep an eye out out for you uh, during the downtime and on track on the live stream. I'll be rooting. rooting. Um, (laughs) Maybe we can do a check-in over Skype. Yeah, that would be amazing if we could uh, just, just... to see how you're doing. Yeah. That'd I'd be love great. That. Um Stuart, you have been let's see. You've given a lot of shit. <laughs> we we've established that. <laughs> so let's not reverse that. I'm not gonna give you shit. You're gonna talk about your merchandise that you wanna sell and your steering kit angles. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, yeah, I kind of wasn't really uh, thinking about it, but um, yeah, I, well, I'm, yeah, I've got a, with an OCMS, we, we, we a bunch of merch and stuff like that for people that want it, but um, steering kits uh, has been a bit of the baby of uh, of kind of a, like, I've, I mean, I've been developing uh, steering parts for my 32 and, and and custom stuff for many, many years now. You um, uh, wrote an article called yeah, Lock Hunting, right? Yeah, yeah, so... Um, 
so yeah, I mean, there's uh, look, there's there's a bunch of kits on the market. Um, you know, Wiser is very popular in Europe and stuff like that. And they will have their own kind of market. Um, the stuff I make and have been making for a long time has been, um, you know, it's 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 at a different market. It's for it's for it's it's about keeping the. You know, oh, you sound such a hipster. No, but <laughs> no, you but know, it's, it's a niche, it's a niche band. You probably haven't heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like for people that like it's so. If you just want something that's gonna you know maintain just straight up angle mid corner, you know, this will obviously do it. But this is for people that really want to push the limits and really go big, like big angle, um, like on entries and stuff like that. You keep your snappy transitions, um, stuff like that. It, like my philosophy with driving and everything else, like it's, it's not really. I, I'm always pushing it, you know, hundred percent. So, and as cliche as that sounds, but it's it's not about saving your ass when you screw up. It's about giving you that extra amount you can push. And so the kit I've been designing for a while. It's basically based off my 32. Um, you could jump on and have a look at any of the videos of that thing. That's whether it's crab walking, you know, sideways or. Or you know, hundred and sixty k plus entries, and it's just it's 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 an insane experience driving that car, and and it's just does weird stuff, but it's it's <laughs> great. You can just go crazy backwards. But yeah, I'm developing that at the moment. Um, I was kind of hoping to be able to release it before uh, I came over here, but as it's looking now, I have to do it by the time I get back, okay. and. Um, there's a lot of people that have been trying to pre-order and I apologise to them because yeah, it's just, it's just production and just kind of getting the last few things. Um, but yeah, I should have that sorted by the time we get back from Europe and uh, and people will be, be able to buy it. Um, but if, yeah, so if, if the events got we got going on so far, um, Drifland Bash, um, the guys, those guys are bringing me over again uh, that's in the UK yeah in Scotland um, so that's the I'm going to say the 1st and 2nd of uh, August I think it's the first weekend of August um, the weekend after the uh, Night Speed guys have got me at uh, Rice Brennan for the um, a huge uh, festival there we're driving uh, driving the car for them and then uh, thanks to DCA Drift Challenge Australia um, I'll be driving King of Europe, um, Hungary, around, which is, I'm going to say around the 20th of August. I don't have off the top of my head. Yeah. It's a bit of a blur. But it's around that time. Um, so I'll be driving that. And that's thanks to, yeah, um, thanks to the uh, Drift Challenge Australia, which, yeah, kind of, have, I've got that awesome competition going on at the moment in uh, in Australia and kind of bringing bringing the fun back to competition in Australia yeah. and we're you know kind of hoping that it it um, reaches out to Europe and um, New Zealand and America and kind of puts a little bit of a uh, gives people a bit of an idea that you, you know you can have really fun competition where people aren't getting all uptight you got grassroots cars and stuff like that and it's awesome so um Hopefully, we get to see more of those style events uh, in the future and around the world. So, yeah, all right. And we can uh, find you at 
Inertia MS. Oh, just look up Inertia MS. Like, um, you, you'll, you'll come across it. We just update stuff on, on yeah. Facebook and everything like that. We basically just cover... Uh, just cover stuff around the around the world and stuff like that. Um, where, where I go, kind of, it's it's hard being a driver and covering stuff like that. But um, you know, probably back to Japan early next year, and we'll try and yeah. cover some more stuff. Um, but we've got heaps of you know content from the last uh, what, four or five years of going there two times a year. So you can see all stuff like with Burst, Team Burst, and Saito, and a bunch of bunch of cool footage and, and everything yeah so go on facebook and look up inertia ms yep uh to find all and kelsey where can we find you uh you can find me on uh i have my webpage. it's a uh, driftchick.com yeah i'm also on facebook instagram twitter uh just kelsey rollings my my full name pretty yeah. simple um i'm probably more active on instagram than anything just because i like to just post up a picture and give a quick update and uh stuff like that i do have some youtube videos if people wanted to check out my driving in uh, in my car which looks a little better than what i've been doing this weekend (laughs) um but uh yeah if you just search my name you can you can find me all right so kelsey rollings uh Mm -hmm. one word on instagram yep all right perfect thank you so much for coming stewie and kelsey uh we'll I hope that we can talk to you during the season and then continue talking to you throughout your career, really. Um, see how everything goes and, and, you know, everything around you and what's happening because it seems like both you, Stu, and, and Kelsey, you're on to something here uh, in both your departments. And thank you to all of you who are listening to this. This is our first English podcast, maybe as a wreck, Maybe it's a success. I don't know. <laughs> the secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Yeah, I'll let you decide. And uh, I'll sign off from here. And uh, I'll see you again in another episode of the On Rollers podcast. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Bye.